Vatican Radio presents Fratelli Tutti, the encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Michelli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. Chapter 3, Part 1. envisaging and engendering an open world. Human beings are so made that they cannot live, develop, and find fulfillment except in the sincere gift of self to others. Nor can they fully know themselves apart from an encounter with other persons. I communicate effectively with myself only in so far as I communicate with others. No one can experience the true beauty of life without relating to others, without having real faces to love. This is part of the mystery of authentic human existence. Life exists where there is bonding, communion, fraternity, and life is stronger than death when it is built on true relationships and bonds of fidelity. On the contrary, there is no life when we claim to be self-sufficient and live as islands. In these attitudes, death prevails. Moving Beyond Ourselves In the depths of every heart, love creates bonds and expands existence, for it draws people out of themselves and towards others. Since we were made for love, in each one of us, a law of ecstasis seems to operate. The lover goes outside the self to find a fuller existence in another. For this reason, man always has to take up the challenge of moving beyond himself. Nor can I reduce my life to relationships with a small group, even my own family. I cannot know myself apart from a broader network of relationships, including those that have preceded me, and shaped my entire life. My relationship with those whom I respect has to take account of the fact 
that they do not live only for me, nor do I live only for them. Our relationships, if healthy and authentic, open us to others who expand and enrich us. Nowadays, our noblest social instincts can easily be thwarted by self-centered chats that give the impression of being deep relationships. On the contrary, authentic and mature love and true friendship can only take root in hearts open to growth through relationships with others. As couples or friends, we find that our hearts expand as we step out of ourselves and embrace others. Closed groups and self-absorbed couples that define themselves in opposition to others tend to be expressions of selfishness and mere self-preservation. Significantly, many small communities living in desert areas developed a remarkable system of welcoming pilgrims as an exercise of the sacred duty of hospitality. The medieval monastic communities did likewise, as we see from the rule of Saint Benedict. While acknowledging that it might detract from the discipline and silence of monasteries, Benedict nonetheless insisted that the poor and pilgrims be treated with the utmost care and attention. Hospitality was one specific way of rising to the challenge and the gift present in an encounter with those outside one's own circle. The monks realized that the values they sought to cultivate had to be accompanied by a readiness to move beyond themselves. In openness to others. The unique value of love. People can develop certain habits that might appear as moral values: fortitude, sobriety, hard work, and similar virtues. Yet, if the acts of the various moral virtues are to be rightly directed, one needs to take into account the extent to which they foster openness and union with others. That is made possible by the charity that God infuses. Without charity. We may perhaps possess only apparent virtues, incapable of sustaining life in common. Thus, Saint Thomas Aquinas could say, quoting Saint Augustine, that the temperance of a greedy person is in no way virtuous. Saint Bonaventure, for his part, explained that the other virtues, without charity, strictly speaking, do not fulfill the commandments the way God wants them to be fulfilled. The spiritual stature of a person's life is measured by love, which in the end remains the criterion for the definitive decision about a human life's worth or lack thereof. Yet some believers think that it consists in the imposition of their own ideologies upon everyone else, or in a violent defence of the truth, or in impressive demonstrations of strength. All of us, as believers. Need to recognize that love takes first place. Love must never be put at risk, 
and the greatest danger lies in failing to love. Saint Thomas Aquinas sought to describe the love made possible by God's grace as a movement outwards towards another, whereby we consider the beloved as somehow united to ourselves. Our affection for others makes us freely desire to seek their good. All this originates in a sense of esteem, an appreciation of the value of the other. This is ultimately the idea behind the word charity. Those who are loved are dear to me. They are considered of great value, and the love whereby someone becomes pleasing, grata. To another, is the reason why the latter bestows something on him freely, gratis. Love then is more than just a series of benevolent actions. Those actions have their source in a union increasingly directed towards others, considering them of value, worthy, pleasing, and beautiful apart from their physical or moral appearances. Our love for others, for who they are. Moves us to seek the best for their lives. Only by cultivating this way of relating to one another will we make possible a social friendship that excludes no one, and a fraternity that is open to all. More open. Love also impels us towards universal communion. No one can mature or find fulfillment by withdrawing from others. By its very nature, love calls for growth in openness and the ability to accept others as part of a continuing adventure that makes every periphery converge in a greater sense of mutual belonging. As Jesus told us, "You are all brothers." This need to transcend our own limitations also applies to different regions and countries. Indeed, the ever-increasing number of interconnections and communications in today's world makes us powerfully aware of the unity and common destiny of the nations. In the dynamics of history and in the diversity of ethnic groups, societies, and cultures, we see the seeds of a vocation to form a community composed of brothers and sisters. Who accept and care for one another? Open societies that integrate everyone. Some peripheries are close to us in city centers or within our families.
Hence, there is an aspect of universal openness in love that is existential rather than geographical. It has to do with our daily efforts to expand our circle of friends, to reach those who, even though they are close to me, I do not naturally consider a part of my circle of interests. Every brother or sister in need, when abandoned or ignored by the society in which I live, becomes an existential foreigner, even though born in the same country. They may be citizens with full rights, yet they are treated like foreigners in their own country. Racism is a virus that quickly mutates and instead of disappearing goes into hiding and lurks in waiting. I would like to mention some of those hidden exiles who are treated as foreign bodies in society. Many persons with disabilities feel that they exist without belonging and without participating. Much still prevents them from being fully enfranchised. Our concern should not only be to care for them, but to ensure their active participation in the civil and ecclesial community. That is a demanding and even tiring process, yet one that will gradually contribute to the formation of consciences capable of acknowledging each individual as a unique and unrepeatable person. I think too of the elderly who, also due to their disability, are sometimes considered a burden. Yet each of them is able to offer a unique contribution to the common good through their remarkable life stories. Let me repeat we need to have the courage to give a voice to those who are discriminated against due to their disability, because sadly, in some countries, even today, people find it hard to acknowledge them as persons of equal dignity. Inadequate understandings of universal love. A love capable of transcending borders is the basis of what in every city and country can be called social friendship. Genuine social friendship within a society makes true universal openness possible. This is a far cry from the false universalism of those who constantly travel abroad because they cannot tolerate or love their own people. Those who look down on their own people tend to create within society categories of first and second class, people of greater or lesser dignity. People enjoying greater or fewer rights. In this way, they deny that there is room for everybody. I am certainly not proposing an authoritarian and abstract universalism devised or planned by a small group and presented as an ideal for the sake of leveling, dominating, and plundering. One model of globalization, in fact, consciously aims at a one dimensional uniformity. And seeks to eliminate all differences and traditions in a superficial quest for unity. 
If a certain kind of globalization claims to make everyone uniform, to level everyone out, that globalization destroys the rich gifts and uniqueness of each person and each people. This false universalism ends up depriving the world of its various colors, its beauty, and ultimately its humanity. For the future is not monochrome. If we are courageous, we can contemplate it in all the variety and diversity of what each individual person has to offer. How much our human family needs to learn to live together in harmony and peace, without all of us having to be the same. Beyond a world of associates. Let us now return to the parable of the Good Samaritan, for it still has much to say to us. An injured man lay on the roadside. The people walking by him did not heed their interior summons to act as neighbors. They were concerned with their duties, their social status, their professional position within society. They considered themselves important for the society of the time and were anxious to play their proper part. The man on the roadside, bruised and abandoned, was a distraction, an interruption from all that. In any event, he was hardly important. He was a nobody, undistinguished, irrelevant to their plans for the future. The Good Samaritan transcended these narrow classifications. He himself did not fit into any of these categories. He was simply a foreigner, without a place in society. Free of every label and position, he was able to interrupt his journey change his plans, and unexpectedly come to the aid of an injured person who needed his help. What would be the reaction to that same story nowadays? In a world that constantly witnesses the emergence and growth of social groups, clinging to an identity that separates them from others? How would it affect those who organize themselves in a way that prevents any foreign presence that might threaten their identity, and their closed and self-referential structures. There, even the possibility of acting as neighbor is excluded. One is a neighbor only to those who serve their purpose. The word neighbor loses all meaning. There can only be associates, partners in the pursuit of particular interests. Liberty, Equality, and Fraternity.
fraternity is born, not only of a climate of respect for individual liberties, or even of a certain administratively guaranteed equality. Fraternity necessarily calls for something greater, which in turn enhances freedom and equality. What happens when fraternity is not consciously cultivated, when there is a lack of political will to promote it, through education and fraternity, through dialogue and through the recognition of the values of reciprocity and mutual enrichment? Liberty becomes nothing more than a condition for living as we will, completely free to choose to whom or what we will belong, or simply to possess or exploit. This shallow understanding has little to do with the richness of a liberty directed above all to love. Nor is equality achieved by an abstract proclamation that all men and women are equal. Instead, it is the result of the conscious and careful cultivation of fraternity. Those capable only of being associates create closed worlds. Within that framework, what place is there for those who are not part of one's group of associates, yet long for a better life for themselves and their families? Individualism does not make us more free, more equal, more fraternal. The mere sum of individual interests is not capable of generating a better world for the whole human family, nor can it save us from the many ills that are now increasingly globalized. Radical individualism is a virus that is extremely difficult to eliminate, for it is clever. It makes us believe that everything consists in giving free rein to our own ambitions, as if by pursuing every greater ambition and creating safety nets, we would somehow be serving the common good. You have been listening to a Vatican Radio production of Fratelli Tutti. The encyclical letter of His Holiness Pope Francis on fraternity and social friendship. Adapted for radio by Mara Micheli. English production directed by Sister Bernadette Mary Rees. In collaboration with the Vatican Publishing House, Libreria Editrice Vaticana. Featuring the voices of James Finnegan, Father Michael Kong, Thaddeus Jones, and Sister Bernadette Rees.